and we're live. What's going on, people? This is the Real Talk Real Walk family, and we are back again with yet another episode. Come on. Another episode full of energy and character. Energy, yeah, energy. Another episode full of crinkum, crankum. Mm. Another episode to disturb your SoundCloud, Spotify, or your Apple. That's right. Another episode where we bring forward great scriptures to give you knowledge for the next two weeks. Hmm. Come on. That's good. Another episode full of Can I Chime In? Oh, yes. <laughs> just piggyback. Another. Who is it? I said, just piggyback. <laughs> Let me just piggyback. Oh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however way you're listening right now. Back again with myself, Gabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And your girl, Ore. And we are the Real Talk Real Walk family. Thanks once again for tuning in to another episode. We salute you completely. Guys, I've been thinking recently, yeah? I don't know why, but I hear it a few times and I don't think we've ever addressed it. What does it mean when people say, I'm not a Christian. I'm spiritual. Ooh. It means that they um, they speak to the universe. They burn sage. <laughs> they have diamonds under their pillows. Emmanuel, are you telling me the truth? It means that they uh, they read in the uh, what do they call it? The stars and or whatever. <laughs> they do palm reading. That's basically what they mean, bro. That's uh, that's that's the short and uh, sweet answer to everything. Do you know, I hear what you're saying here, but is that really what they mean, bro? That is what they mean. I know there's people, yeah. I know there's people that are deep into the spiritual. Yeah, those are the people that are deep in the people that they might be atheist or they might not, but they're deep into the whole spirituality and all of that sort of stuff, yeah. But what about like people that used to be Christians, like they used to go to church and that sort of stuff, they grew up in that in church, but they're no longer you know, practicing Christianity, but they still see themselves as like spiritual or they still see themselves as having a connection to God, but they just don't go to church. They don't, you know, live according to the word, but they still have, they still claim to have a relationship with God. And under that, I they think, now say, oh, I'm still spiritual. I think a lot of those people believe in God. I think once you've been in church for any number of time, I feel like once, if there's certain things, if you've been to church and you've seen certain things, and you no longer believe in maybe the way that church is run or you've had church hurt or maybe you don't like the way Christians have treated you, but you've seen certain things that point towards the existence of God. I think it's hard for you to then, when you leave the institution, not believe in God. So I think maybe for some people, obviously I can't speak for everyone, but for some people, I think it means that they they believe that there is a God because of what they've seen and what they've read but maybe they no longer subscribe to, I don't know, organised religion, so to speak. So they no longer subscribe to the church. They no longer subscribe to how some Christians move, et cetera, et cetera, but they still want to be mm. in touch with God. Yeah, so that makes sense, yeah. yeah. I'm just... Go on, Emo, you to say something? No, 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 I was, say, no, I was oh. saying I hear that, I hear that. See, that, that makes sense to me, I get that. The bit that throws me off is when they say I'm spiritual. So I understand the whole, I'm not a Christian, but I still believe in God. That one, I hear it. I do understand that because of what people's experienced, they might not necessarily want to practice their religion. And by that, I mean, you know, living according to scripture, but they, but yet they still believe in God. They still pray and all that sort of stuff. The bit that throws me off, though, is when they turn around and say, but I'm still spiritual, though. Now, I understand Iman's point regarding spiritualism. Is that if that's even the word? If not, <laughs> I'm making it up. Like that? I don't even know. <laughs> 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 
That's the large way of saying it. <laughs> the British way of saying it is the way is the way Ora said it. <laughs> Spiritualism. Ah, it's a Ooh. pandemic, man. That's my excuse, bruv. I hear that, man. I hear that. But, um, yeah, so what what do people mean in that context when they say, yeah, I'm still spiritual? I, don't, I don't think it's as deep as what Ema makes out to be. Don't get me wrong. I know there's some people that are deep in spiritualism, but when it's the people that are not deep in spiritualism, but they claim to be spiritual? You have to, I, I think, obviously, it's a case-by-case case thing. But why I say what I'm saying is because... I look at all the people that say that stuff, even the ones that we see on the internet, and then you just go on their page and then you're seeing posts about astral projections and you're seeing posts about tarot cards and you're seeing yeah. posts about energies and you're seeing posts about chakras and all of that kind of stuff. So um, a, a, a good majority, and, and, it's, and it's, it's a very big norm in America right now. It's a very, very big norm. Mm. I it's think coming over, over here quite it's coming, Yeah, well. it's coming over here quite strong. Yeah, man, I remember when we was in a clubhouse room, yeah? Yeah. We was running a clubhouse room, and then obviously people were coming on stage, and I remember you saw someone's profile, and they were saying something about... Um, right, yeah, that woman. The, um, yeah, she does yeah. cards or something yeah, crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, it's really common. Yeah, she, she, was, she was like... Her thing was like tarot cards. It was astral projections. There's this um, this uh, Hindu sexual religion kind. Of, I can't remember what it's called. Ah, oh, I forgot the what, name. Harry of it. Krishna? No, not Harry Krishna. There's a sex. Um, there's this sex cult thing yeah, that came out some much, form of. Um, there's this sex cult that came out from some form of I can't remember the name of it but yeah Sha, she was doing all of that and it was in a Christian room and I'm like bro like why is she up here like mm-hmm. counseling part that's it, it the point of saying of holding on to this spiritual thing is because people still want to hold on to this fact that there's still I still want to hold on to something that is beyond my physical reality yeah. I know that the spiritual does exist however they just don't choose to adhere to the Christian worldview on what spirituality looks like, what Christianity looks like. So when they say I'm still spiritual, they want to hold on to something that is, you know, metaphysical, is beyond what the eyes can see. Do you it- think there's a case for that in Christianity? Because I've, I've, um, I heard an interesting perspective about kind of like how the wise men in the Bible, so this is the wise men that came to see Jesus after his birth, yeah, yeah, were yeah. essentially astrologers, hence yeah. the whole following the star situation. Yeah. And so based on that, my question to you, I don't really have an opinion on this. I think yeah. it's interesting. I haven't really studied it enough to know. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is a place for some of that spiritualism within Christianity that maybe we just don't talk about? I think, I think you're very much onto something and I know exactly what you're talking about. I think like, it's kind of like the scripture that speaks about how the heavens declare the glory of God. Like everything in the earth, everything in the world somehow points back to a creator, somehow points back to a God, whether you like it or not. It's just, it's just the fact that these things have then become the idol. So people then turn to 
oh, it's all about reading of the stars. It's all about tarot cards and it's all about uh, sage, burning sage. And it's all about, and they've made it about those things. But in Christianity, the sole focus of, of, of the message of the gospel is Jesus Christ. All things should point to him. So it's kind of like when, when Paul was in Mars Hill in the book of Acts, Acts 16, I think, and he's talking to philosophers, he's talking to Greek philosophers, and they're like, yeah, to this unknown, he's quoting a, a Greek poet talking about to the unknown God. And the philosophers at that time, they, they do admit, or they did admit that, look, there is an unknown being, there is a supreme sovereign being, we we're just we just don't believe it's it's connected with this Jesus Christ that you guys are preaching, and that's why this sounds a bit like a theology class. But yeah, in John one, um, John the apostle John says, "In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh." Bloody bloody blood. Blah. That word yeah. word is the word logos, and that word logos is a Greek word that it's not it's not actually it wasn't actually coined by Christians. It was actually by Greek philosophers. They use this word logos and logos means the, the, the word of God. It means the logic of God. It means the mind of God, mm -hmm. right? Which mm -hmm. is different to the scriptures because the scriptures is called the graphy. But anyway, the point I'm making is the reason why John writes preaching, that... Be preaching, bro. Be preaching. <laughs> well, wow. Logos. Oh, I'm thinking of power, bro. <laughs> yeah, there's... Okay, let's, let's, let's do some breakdown. In, um, the, the, in the New Testament, we see... The New Testament and the Old Testament, we see different um, Greek and Hebrew words used for the word word, W-O-R-D. In the Old Testament, it was the word dabar, D-A-B-A-R, dabar. It means the word of God. It means the, the, the inspired word of God. It means words that come directly from God's mouth. Um, uh, it means like prophetic words from God that he gave for his prophet, prophets, X, Y, Z. Now, in the New Testament, there's three words for word. There's the um, logos, there's graphe, and there's rhema. Logos, L-O-G-O-S, graphe, G-R-P. A P H E and Raymond R H E M A. Now all of them mean word, right? But the definition for each of them are different. So I'll start with graphe. Graphe is the is a compilation of text. So what we know as scriptures. Wait, so pause, Bible, pause, pause. Right, okay. Seeing as we're getting to my English, all right, you're not gonna correct the way Ema said compilation. <laughs> I did it in my head. I'm, what did I say? What did I say? <laughs> Compilation, you said sect when you're talking about the Hindu sect, but I could be wrong, so let me just um, no, I was no, I said I, I actually said sex, S E X. Oh, you um, did say sex, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, didn't make, it didn't make sense in the context of what you were saying. No, there was a there's a Hindu sex cult, I just can't remember uh, the name, yeah, right. I can't remember what it's called, but it's very popular, it was very popular. <laughs> But bro, you said. But you what said, did I say? Com, com, what did I say? You said compilation. What is it? What is it? Compilation. It's a compilation. 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 Yeah. compilation. Ah, no, no, it's compilation. That one. <laughs> that. that one. I'm going wrong, wrong, and, I'm wrong and strong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Be right. I'm, listen. Anytime I've heard that word, that I'm repeating what people. I hear people say it's compilation. Is it English people? Uh, English people. No, it's documentary. It's church. It's, it's compilation. We'll, we'll take the, we'll take this to Twitter afterwards, but yeah. So, um, so it's, yeah, it's a summation of all these, uh, written texts. So the scriptures, so the scriptures in the Greek, the word for scriptures is graphe, which means word. So for example, in Timothy, second Timothy, where it says all scriptures, 
It's all graphene. It's inspired by God. Then you have Logos. I've given you an example in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then you have Rhema. Uh, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every Rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I've given you three scriptures that are in different contexts. Now, I must say this. This is a preach. But guys, when the three scriptures I've given, what Christians tend to do is they got, they all make it all the same. And what they do, for example, John chapter 1, it's about the Logos. John chapter 1, yes, it's going to throw some people's theology off, but I'm not speaking I'm not speaking wrongly here. You can go and study this. John chapter 1 is not talking about the Bible. John chapter 1, verse 1, is talking about Jesus Christ. The Logos is not, John, John was not talking about the Bible. It wasn't in the beginning was the Bible, and the, the Bible was the Word, and, and the Bible was God. No, the Bible is not God. Bible are scriptures, are com- compiled texts that have been put together that points to the Logos, to the living word, mm. right? So Logos is, uh, we kind of from Logos, we also get the word logic. So Jesus is the logic of God. Jesus is the mind of God expressed to humanity. That's not the Bible. That is Jesus Christ. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So there's a word that God speaks now that is proceed that proceeds from his mouth that speaks to you in the in the present moment that you're in right now. And then the last one is I've said graphe, I've said yeah, and then graphe is just Rema. the uh re, no Rema was just the one that I explained, the 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 revealed word of God or the, the word that comes right now to mankind, and then the uh, the graphe, the summation of text. Now what what was my initial? I've lost my trail of thought. What was the initial point? That we were was... talking about how everything in the universe points to the um, right. Okay, fantastic. So now, now, like in the Bible, we see that, for example, there's a thing called like um when Judas um killed himself, right? And the Bible describes that the disciples had to cast lots. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. There's a thing called casting lots. Now, casting lots was not. It's not something that Christians practice, but it was part of Jewish mysticism. Mm-hmm. So they would do it. They would cast these lots and and whoever won this lot, it's like they either use stones or sticks or whatever. It's like and, a in the short straw, essentially. Yeah, kind of like that. But it was kind of, it was rooted in Jewish mysticism. And that is where, that's how they chose the next. They believed that whoever won that, whoever won that thing would be, yeah, would be the next disciple. So that's how they chose the disciple to um, to come after Judas, for example. That's not something that us as Christians would practice because we don't practice Jewish mysticism. But the point I'm trying to make is that through nature, God speaks through all of these things. We, we watch stuff on TV. Like I might watch something, I might watch the Michael Jordan documentary, right? And there might be something that even though Michael Jordan is, as far as I'm aware, he's not saved, but there might be something that he says in there that sounds like the, it's from it, it sounds like a, a teaching from the scripture and it's not that he's quoting mm-hmm. romans or john or whatever but what he's saying is actually something that we can actually find in the bible so mm-hmm. when it came to the wise men from the east yes they were actually studying the constellations but what's interesting is that the one who created all the constellations was the was the person uh the the, the constellations that the person they were looking for created Jesus, the one who created all things at the beginning, Colossians tells us that that's how they found him. 
So all the stars that he placed in the skies were the very same things that led them to him. So I feel like there is a space for conversation, right? For us to go, okay, right. God is always speaking. However, what society has done and what unbelievers have done is gone, have gone, wow. Yeah. There's stuff in, in, in the stars, like, or there's stuff in nature that, you know, show us something that is very, you know, is beyond our natural understanding. And what they do is they begin to idolize those things and they begin to serve those things. What what are our views on um, people that claim to be Christians or people that claim to believe in God, but don't necessarily live according to scripture? So, for example, you know, like I said at the beginning, you have people who, who believe in God, they believe in God, but they don't necessarily you know, take part in, in the religion. They don't necessarily take part in Christianity, open quote, close quote. So for example, they don't go to church. They don't fellowship with the brethren. Um, they might read the word, but they, they choose not to follow certain parts of the scriptures. You know, they, they're kind of airy and fairy with, with the practice. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do we kind of think of, of, of people in that space? Cause obviously you do find them. Do you know what I mean, obviously you might not necessarily find a lot of them in church, but you find a lot of people outside of the church, who they're not Christians, but ask them if they believe in God. They say, yeah, of course I believe in God. I mean, I pray, but they don't necessarily act according to, you know, how scripture wants us to live. Mm-hmm. I think that the younger me would have been like, oh, no, it's impossible. They're not Christians. But I think as I, as I am where I stand today, I think that there's nuance and that life is very complex and mm-hmm. things are, are complicated for different people. And every one of us is at a different place in our lives and a different place in our spiritual walks. And so to those people, I do think that they should be given grace because ultimately mm-hmm. when we talk about entering heaven anyway, the only thing that scripture requires of us is that we believe in Jesus Christ. Everything else as far as I'm concerned, some people may disagree with me, but everything else is really and truly, it's extra. It's it's the Holy Spirit perfecting us until the day that we die. And none of us are ever going to be perfect until the day that we die and until we, we go and meet God and we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So mm. until then, I think there's grace and room for everybody to to get it wrong. It's a journey. It's a it's a process. I think it's a different thing if you have no interest in in getting there and you're just like these are like you this this is as about like you chew the meat and you spit out the bones if it's a different thing if you're if you're saying well this is what i'm gonna i only subscribe to this part of the bible i don't subscribe to that part but it's another thing if you're 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 working on it you're you're on a journey especially things like people who smoke weed ultimately like if addictions and things they take time to um to to cure or to get rid of and i think it's a process and a walk and Everybody has their struggle. Even those of us who are trying to, those of us who are fellowshipping in church and we we read the Bible and we follow it as much as we can, there's still things that we're all struggling with. So that's my view on it. Mm. So let, let me let me challenge you a little bit. Just let me challenge you a little bit, just so you can go a bit deeper in 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 what you're saying. Um, you said a few things and it kind of made me think. There might be someone listening to this. There might be somebody out there. There might be somebody listening to this. Yeah thinking or if or if all i have to do is believe why on earth am i working so hard to to be this typical christian that you know everybody kind of throws in my face why am i going church every sunday why am i reading the word so much why am i physically trying to live according to scripture if all i have to do is believe <laughs> and i knew that question was coming i think what did I you doing... did you really know it was coming yeah because <laughs> and i tried to i kind of tried to caveat that in my initial response but i think it's one thing to like deliberately 
I think if someone's saying if all I have to do is believe, then what's the point of doing anything else? And that's kind of a bit more, of, that's kind of like a flagrant dismissal of the word of God. And that's what I was saying when I said it's a different thing if you're ultimately saying I only accept this part and I'm rejecting everything else versus if you know and understand, okay, the Bible is true. These are the rules. And yes, that is what the Bible says. I'm not there yet, but I'm working towards that. Then I think that's where the grace comes in. But obviously, if you're just saying I'm not interested in that part of the Bible, in that case, if that was my friend, I'd be like, well, I'd obviously say I disagree and I pray that the Lord will convict you otherwise. I mean, that's all you can really do to that kind of person. Mm. And on the grace thing, Ema, you could probably jump in at any moment, yeah? <laughs> on the grace thing, yeah? How much grace are we giving these people? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. <laughs> but how much grace are we giving these people? Now, let's let's talk about Ema <laughs> mentioned about smoke, Christian smoking. For how long are we going to let Christian yeah. smoke and be like, oh, yeah, no, I will give you grace. Now, I hear somebody's <laughs> thinking, oh, but Gabs, the grace is sufficient. I hear you, Pastor. I hear you loud and clear. Mm. but how much grace are we really giving these individuals man of god the bible says in titus 2 verse 11 it says for the grace of god has appeared to all men i love the fact that you answer this question because there's a bible verse that just slap it back in everybody's face for the grace of god <laughs> has appeared to all men teaching us to deny ungodliness the grace of god um, paul says in romans should we continue in sin that grace may abound oh. grace is the enablement for you to overcome sin not the enablement for you to manage your sin there's Let a difference okay? we don't guy. we don't believe jesus christ didn't do everything that he did on the cross just so that you can manage your sin and manage your dysfunction jesus christ overcame and then called you an overcomer these times he did the hard work and now your response to that is to believe and holy spirit that's why it says in philippians 2 that it says you should work or walk out your salvation with fear and trembling and then in the next verse it says for it's god's work to will and to do so it's holy spirit's responsibility in your life to do the work and you respond to what holy spirit is doing in your life so holy spirit is making you more patient you have to respond by saying okay holy spirit as you're making me um, more patient what does that look like? What are the mm. disciplines I need to do? Do I That's need to close good. my mouth when someone is talk, talking a bit too much? Do I just think about what I'm going to say before I respond back? Do I just get, do I give that person space? All of those things. This this is what this is what um, the grace of God teaches us to do. So even to to, to kind of go off what you know Ore was saying before, I, I absolutely there's grace for people who, especially for those who maybe have come out of a hard space in church, maybe through church hurt or bitterness, or maybe they've had uh they've they've had a it might not even be church hurt, it might just be they've had a traumatic experience. Someone they've loved died. Someone, you know, maybe someone that they love has cancer and they've been praying for healing or whatever. And the person dies of cancer and is like, God, this person loved you. They served you. Why did they die? Why did this person why did that person die in, you know, in, um, of a heart attack? Why did that person drown when they were only 16, but they were the head of their youth, you know, ministry at, at the secondary school, whatever. Like these questions, sometimes it drives people to the place of what, what some theologians call the, 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 uh, the dark night of your soul, where you're just in a dark space and you're trying to figure out What's happened with my Christianity? Mm. However, the grace of God is available to you even when you're in your in your darkest pit. That's why I love um, what the psalmist David said. He said, even if I make my bed in hell, you are there with me. And so even when you're in your darkest space, know that God is with you. But 
what God is there for is not to encourage you in your sin and encourage you mm. in the lifestyle that you think is suitable for, for Christianity. It said, Jesus says, if you love me, Jesus says in the book of John, Jesus says, if you love me, you will do my command. And so what, whatever Jesus is instructing his disciples to do, what we see the apostles instructing the different churches to do in the, and in any way, right, rightly applying context and stuff like that is what we ought to do as believers. So the writer in Hebrew says, we shouldn't forsake the fellowship of the brethren. Why? Because Christian Christianity was founded in community. So any Christian that tells me I don't need to be in a fellowship or I don't need to be amongst a community of believers, you're absolutely wrong. On this um, <coughs> thing of grace, I um, what's the sermon? I, I remember it so, so vividly. It's from Juanita Bynum. And I'm mentioning it now because maybe there might need to be some unlearning I need to do, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Mm-hmm. So within this sermon, you know, when you're about him, you know, how she used to preach, right? She's very, mm-hmm. I don't know what the word for is for her, but she's very, she's on it. I'm mm-hmm. going to put that with you, on it. Yeah. Um, and she was preaching and she said, she was basically on, she was going somewhere and she mentioned um, it doesn't take God 14 years to, to stop you from doing that thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. In other words, she was saying, you know, Christians, you need to get your act together, get serious. It doesn't take God that long to heal you. And I've always kind of had that mentality and that mindset that, you know, God can do the miraculous within a short space of time. Right. That people that are still struggling with one particular sin five years later, I'm questioning how much work that they're really putting into it. And I'm questioning if God is really moving in them because it right. shouldn't take God. Certain people, should, Christians shouldn't be struggling with certain things for such a long time. Mm. If God is so omnipotent as we know him to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so then my question, my, my question now is mm-hmm. like, what are your views on like Christians that might still be struggling with, you know, getting drunk or still be struggling with fornication or still struggling with lying or, or still struggling Year on year on year, it's the same struggle. It's the same sin that they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, can, can sin last? Can sin last for for years upon end? And if so, what is God doing within all this time that He's not healing <laughs> this particular person from this um, struggle? Mm-hmm. And or on the flip side, um, that's simple. Yeah, go on, speak <laughs> it, man. I think as long as the devil is in existence. It's always like we always have the battle between flesh and and the spirit. Like the Bible is very very clear on that, and it's up to us to ultimately make the right choices with the help of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. But sometimes we will, we will pass the test, and other times we're gonna fail because that's just man, the depravity of man. Like it's just it's just that's that's where I stand on it. So I do think like ten years down the line, obviously people are still gonna some people will still be um, struggling with the same issues. Maybe the the um the number of times in which they they choose the wrong they make the wrong choice will decrease but ultimately like it's it's very possible that people can still be struggling with the same addictions especially if it's things like addictions things like um drugs or um uh alcohol and things like that like addictions sometimes it's if you look into how a lot of people are addicted you see that for generations upon generations their families might have been struggling with the same kind of addiction and then like until one person it just takes one person to break that curse or so to speak before before um you know they they then get better so I do think that it's not just a matter of oh well you know we have God and God can heal which he very much can but it's it's not always going to be that simple in every instance you'll find people who yeah they do suddenly break free from addictions or break free from and it's very sudden but for other people it's definitely going to be more of a work 
So then on mm. on that year, there's there's two things I'm thinking of. Obviously, you mentioned yeah, some people can have addictions for ten years. I don't know if it's rhetorical or not. It might be, it might not. I don't know. But within that ten years, what is God doing within those ten years? That like that is taking <laughs> so long. Like, I do think that the not... will be decreasing over time. So maybe if you used to like have one, like maybe twenty relapses in a year. Maybe over ten years, you might go from twenty to five, or even to one. Oh, you're saying progress, yeah? Yeah, there would, of course, there'll definitely be progress. And secondly, I was thinking, if if God is not a respecter of persons, why why does it diff? Why does the times? Why does people's healing time span differ from one individual to another? Like, why are you able to be set free from a particular struggle within two months, but for me, it takes me five years? Very you could say that about anything, though. That's like saying, why did God heal one person of cancer, but the other person died? I mean, these are questions that... Pff, we're going to get into these kind of questions. <laughs> I mean, this is why some people don't believe in God, you know? Mm-hmm. These are complex questions that that will take a very long time for, for us to grapple with. It's not... It's not but one this is, this is why, yeah, this is why uh, there's a lot of me, I'm gonna, um, there's part of me that thinks... With some things that we struggle with, with some sins we're carrying, it's a complete self thing. It's a complete flesh thing. Like we decide we want to continue smoking. We decide we want to continue lying. We decide that we're not willing to give up particular lifestyles. Yeah. I think that because... is true for things that are not addictions. Like I think my argument is only really for things that are addictions that are kind of like ingrained in the soul that really do take a lot of time and spiritual work to kind of break free from. But, but wouldn't you say, so, if, if so rather than calling it an addiction per se, you know, I'd rather refer to them as habitual sins because, you know, like I think people can be addicted to lying. You know, I don't yeah, think it's really. just necessarily like sex or just drugs or alcohol. Mm. I think w- that's what the Bible would describe those things as habitual sins. Those are things that are ingrained into your your psyche. That's just when anybody knows about the wrong that you do is that specific thing or that specific thing. Whereas, you know, you, you, you maybe you've lied maybe a couple of times in your life, but it's not the common issue in your life or it's not the common problem. I think with those questions that you have, um, Gabs, I think they're I think they're brilliant questions, and I think some of the, the even some of the greatest theological minds are up to this day are still writing on these kind of topics. You know, like but the last one, you know, is a very big one. You know, why for some some people it takes X amount of time, and for some people it takes longer. Now, there's some there are there's I don't necessarily think there's one answer for all of those questions because I think one of the answers you gave like absolutely sometimes it's on the individual the individual chooses to succumb or the individual chooses not to believe or understand their identity in Jesus Christ or other things down that line but then it's so nuanced that there's other answers as well there's other reasons as to why that's the case but then I have another question you know for example Someone's a church leader, right? And so, a church leader, your your let's say your pastor, God forbid, but an example, your pastor Ore um, had an issue with pornography ten years ago, and up to this day, still has an issue with pornography. I I really feel, I feel I feel like there are though, though there is nuance in this conversation. I think the more clear biblical, according my view is. I think there's a more clear biblical view in that there should be growth and there should be a resistance of things, even though in this fallen world, we will face different challenges because I don't necessarily feel, you know, if your issue was pornography 
and you overcome pornography, that that will be the only issue that you face in life. It might be, you know, character building. It might be, you know, dealing with your rudeness or you might be impatient or you might not be kind or you might not be generous or whatever. I feel like, you know, in life, it we as like, like that onion effect or the onion layer effect where you're always dealing with the flesh part of life or what people would call sanctification, right? But for example, you know, it's an extreme, right? But if someone was, you know, deemed as a pedophile one year and then 10 years down the line and that person is still, it, they, let's say, when they did stuff to, anyway, let me actually, let me be, let me not use that example. Let's say someone is a fornicator, right? Someone's fornicating with 20 people in year one. And then 10 years down the line, they're only fornicating with two people a year. I don't, I, I think that's, I, I, yeah, I just, because for example, Galatians says that the works of the flesh are X, Y, Z, it's fornication, it's drunkenness, it's lying, it's, you know, bitterness, it's vengefulness, it's wrath, it's all of these things. So, but then it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, bloody, bloody, blah, all of those things. So, in one sense, it's like the writers are saying, guys, look, if if you don't want this to be the fruit of your life, then you've got to walk by the spirit. And that is a daily choice. That is a daily decision. And that's why Romans says those that are led by the spirit are the sons of God. And that mm. the word son there is actually in the Greek is, is huos, which means matured son. So that means there's a daily walk. There's a conviction that you ought to have. There's a maturity that you ought to have that will say no to sin and yes to God. And it doesn't mean you'll get it right on day one per se, but it's the fact that you are every day waking up to say, no, this is the life. I'm not going to choose this life because I love Jesus more than this thing. I, I choose Jesus over drugs. I choose Jesus over sleeping around and being promiscuous. I choose Jesus over watching pornography. I choose Jesus over, you know, um, gossiping or whatever. And that should be the thing. However, there are people that, you know, I, I do, what I'll say lastly is, depending on what your theology looks like, because there are certain streams of Christianity that do believe kind of like, for example, um, yeah, I won't. I won't say their names, but there's um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a famous there's a famous preacher, um, Spurgeon. Spurgeon was um a, a great Christian thinker, a great Christian preacher, um, but he dealt and battled with depression, right? And so it, it's written or it's it's said that he dealt with depression all his life, right? Um, and they, you know, that that stream or that that particular type of theology they you know they, they say look well god is good god is sovereign and you know it was for god's glory that he dealt with that all his life now for me in my opinion i don't i i don't think that god just sits there going well that's 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 just going to be the put your portion for the rest of your life no like it says for god hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of love power and, and of a sound mind I don't, I don't, this is not to say that people, especially in, in mental health awareness week, this is not to say that people don't go through mental health challenges, but to say that, yeah, God just, you know, throws you away. And that has to be the, the, the way you live life for the rest of your life. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I subscribe to that, but in an, another breath, someone could go, well, my mom had cancer for the last 20 years of her life. And absolutely, that's a good response to, to the question. But then at the same time, I cannot. I'm not here to speculate why 
you know, your mom had cancer. I am not God. And so I don't want to meddle in that sort of stuff. What I will say is for the things that you play a part in, because for example, cancer is not something, not necessarily, cancer is not something necessarily that you stumble into, right? Make sure you eat good food. Make sure you take care of your bodies. But aside from that, cancer is not like lying. It's not like an habitual sin. Cancer is a, is a, is a, is a physical issue. So that's, I, I feel like that's a bit separate. When it comes to the, the, the things that you, your flesh causes you to do in terms of sin and sinful nature and behavior, then I think that we have a responsibility to, to, um, act accordingly and do something. So yeah, I, I mean, I hear what, um, Ore is saying. I absolutely do in that there's absolutely nuance. But then at the same time, I just think that sometimes when we have this conversation, what, what people then tend to do is go, well, I have a sex problem. So that's just my portion. <laughs> nah, bro. No, sis. That's no, not I what was being Nobody said. That's that. not what that's not what's being said, sorry. Like and people but Christians always do this because well, yeah. we're only human we're only human. No. Oh, yeah, that that we're only human thing jars me, man. Stop, let's stop doing that. Jesus Jesus didn't yes, I get the you know it's even once again I said this goes back to your theology, right? Because it depends it depends on how you view the depravity of man. And you know what, you know, total depravity is. Yes, I understand man is fallen. Yes, I understand as human beings, we're susceptible to doing fallen things. But this is why we have the grace of God. And we can't, it's not, you know, the Bible says that we're saved by grace, right? So I am not telling you that I am the perfect one. Is Jesus Christ the perfect one that lives in me? And he's the one that says, I am an overcomer. He's the one that says, I am a son. He's the one that says, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Like some of you need to deep the, re- Jesus, like the Bible says, you are the righteousness of God. You, you that is sitting in your bed, that is watching porn, the Bible says you are the righteousness of God. No, I'm, I want to make this real for people so they understand. Like you are the righteousness of God. While whilst you're contemplating, um, you know, touching yourself after listening to this podcast, <laughs> the right of the scripture rule to rule book is encouraging and motivating people to talk to the No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it's real. Like some, uh, let's not let's not be uh, let's not be naive. Some people might listen to our podcast and do a madness after. But what I'm trying not what I'm not trying to say is we're encouraging you to do this. What I'm saying is that even whilst you're there, even whilst you're in your struggle right now, because some of you are like, but you guys don't know my struggle. I may not know, but Jesus knows your struggle. And Jesus says that you are the righteousness of our heavenly father. The fact that God says that about you. And what that means is that God is calling you to a higher way of living. God is calling you to a higher standard. And he calls you to that higher standard because he's made his grace available for you. It would be a different thing if you were in the world and you had no hope. You have no, you you know, there's no hope for you because Holy Spirit is not living inside of you. But what's the difference? The difference for every believer is that Holy Spirit lives inside of them and gives them a hope to say, no, th- this life of sin doesn't have to be the end of your story. No, God in Christ is an overcomer and causes you to overcome. And though you might be tempted and though things might want to come your way and though things Mm. might want to draw you out, no, he's able to keep you. He's able, the Bible says he's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless, present you before God 
perfect, which doesn't mean you don't go through challenges, but it means that Jesus and Holy Spirit have a responsibility to present you before God and go, look, even though the enemy tried to take them out, even though the enemy tried to get them to do X, Y, and Z, but we've kept them because because of the power of the Holy Spirit and their obedience and their yielding to the process of of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I think that's a good place to to, to end there. You now, I think we yeah. can obviously this conversation can definitely go deeper for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's probably a good way to to end. And if anything, we could probably pick up more in the next episode um have you got just one scripture just to close um just one scripture to leave the people then with obviously you don't need to explain it but just yeah one scripture to leave the people then with and obviously people for for the listeners whilst Eman is obviously looking for for that one scripture um if you obviously got any questions or any reservations or any feedback on on this by all means hit us up and share it man we would love to hear um ultimately we we definitely know that that grace does abound but we really do need to obviously, you know, cast our burdens on onto the cross and actually allow God to work through us for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not that, you know, people don't struggle because we know people do. And we're not saying that people don't have hard struggles because even you're listening to the sound of my voice, even I have struggles. Eman, or we've all got struggles. Mm-hmm. It's just about what we're doing with those struggles. And it's, it's mainly about allowing God to really work within us rather than, you know, um, thriving on our desires or, 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 or remaining steadfast with our desires because you know some of our desires are, are, are not of God so mm-hmm. we definitely do need to um, focus focus a lot more on good especially where our struggles are concerned and we know it's hard believe me man we know it's hard you hear us laughing yeah. and, and cackling on a podcast but deep down we've got our own demons that we're fighting boy mm-hmm. so take it from us it's not that you know we're, we're any better than anybody we're just probably able to disguise our, our, our sins and we're able to disguise our problems from the outside world but deep down inside in the four walls of our own homes where no one's there where there's no microphone no podcast believe mm-hmm. we're all in the same boat man we've mm-hmm. got our own struggles too boy, but it's just about mm-hmm. how we will deal with them yeah, it's great um, but yeah that one scripture to close yeah sure um, Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 and I'm going to read to verse 21 it says therefore if any man or woman be in Christ they are a new cre- creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled or reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Um, to that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing um, their trespasses into them, um, and has given and has committed unto us the word of recon- or reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he has made, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be the righteousness of God. So simply put, <laughs> the highlight of that scripture is that you are new creations. And it ends by saying, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Perfect. Really appreciate that, man. Guys, thanks a lot for listening. We love you loads. Um, Hopefully, you can listen out to the next episode. Take care. Take care.